Welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Ian Harditz, and today we are talking all things 2020 fantasy football about the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is part three of our 32 team preview series that will be going up until week one. Make sure to check out Ravens and Browns if you have not already. But without further ado, we are talking all things projections, thoughts, rankings on the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers. Starting off, Big Ben, back under center. It's been an interesting offseason for this guy, to say the least, from the you know beard picture to all the other stuff he decided it was the right time to admit to doing. Just, just very interesting for Big Ben. But hey, let's not forget what this guy was doing as recently as 2018. I mean, kind of like how we act like Cam being healthy hasn't you know happened in decades. S- similar kind of thoughts going on with Roethlisberger and the Steelers' offense. I mean, lest we forget. For pretty much the past decade before 2019, this offense was humming year after year after year. 2018 was no exception, particularly in the passing game. I mean, Big Ben, league high, 5,129 yards. Also led the league in interceptions, but, you know, as far as fantasy football is concerned, we don't care about it that much. You know, you just need to be a good fantasy quarterback. Is Ben still a great real-life quarterback? You know, he's close, I'd say, but fantasy, I think he can definitely still get there, so... They're going to lead the league in pass attempts again. I don't know how Ben's not going to at least enable some of his teammates to heights. Because look, in 2018, both Juju and AB were top freaking six fancy wide receivers. They each had over 160 targets. And you look at the Steelers roster, and while they don't have Antonio Brown anymore, we still got Juju, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, Vance McDonald. And quit laughing about those tight ends. I mean, we talked ourselves into Rothsburg and Ladarius Green for like three years once upon a time. So both those guys are solid, pass-catching-minded talents. And look, Rothsburger just has a bunch of places to go with the ball. So again, expecting to be a pass-happy offense. You know, betting on 16 games from Big Ben has always kind of been a bit of a risk, kind of even more so this year. But it's not like you got to draft him as a top 10 quarterback. I mean, he's just one of many late round guys. So last point on Big Ben, I would bring up, I mean, you know, pretty much the poster child for guys with extreme home and away splits was not the case in 2018. Big Ben actually averaged more PPR points on the road, which was 21.7 compared to playing at Heinz Field, 21.5. You know, if he's going on the road to the Bills, the Patriots facing a tough defense, you know, that's fine. But I would not be benching Ben in 2019 and 2020, excuse me, in a good matchup just because of these home away splits. I think usually, you know, same with Amari Coopers, like they might persist, but I think usually it's just a nature of a small sample size, which pretty much the entire NFL is, you know, subjects itself to anyway with 16 game seasons. So that's big Ben, but Look, Big Ben's going to be giving the ball to James Conner a lot in 2020, and he is one of the running backs I am just much higher on, I think, than consensus. And the guy's a beast, and there's no real reason to think, if he's healthy, that he can't put up numbers. We've seen nothing but him putting up numbers since he got this job in 2018. We're talking about a 6'1", 230-pound workhorse. I mean, we've all seen the freaking pictures going viral on Twitter. This dude's back. It looks like it's freaking acres of muscles back there and the dude's in great shape. So, okay. Injuries are a concern, you know, shoulder quad injuries. There are smart doctors and people, you know, that I've heard on here on the fantasy football Twitters that we all spend plenty of time on 
They've talked about does James Conner's status as a cancer survivor mean that maybe his bones are, you know, going to be less dense? And could that mean that he's going to be more subjected to future injuries? And look, I, I am not a doctor. Many people are smarter about this. It is a concern, but I continuously say, you know, if the worst thing you can say about a player is that he's injury prone, just be really sure you're ready to fade him. Because I think Connor, all that issue, potential issues, that's already being baked into his ADP. And that's why the guy is going almost outside the top 20 running backs and most, you know, PPR drafts you're going to see. So 2018, only Saquon Barkley and Kareem Hunt broke more tackles than James Connor before he got hurt at the end of week 13. He was a PPR RB6 that season. 2019, limited by shoulder and quad injuries, had Mason Rudolph and freaking something named Duck Hodges under center. And yet, before injury in weeks one through eight, Connor was the PPR RB9. The guy's been a consistent RB1 throughout his career. All the Steelers did from 2014 to 2018 was hand their starting running backs a featured role. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, 25.6 touches per start. D'Angelo Williams, 22.8. Connor's at 20.8. Jalen Samuels is at 18. Stephon Ridley is at 17. And, you know, you look at the other running backs in the roster, Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, who ran for, you know, almost 300 yards against my Buckeyes back in the day, a.k.a. a couple years ago. But I just go back to this quote from Mike Tomlin in March that, you know, just makes me more confident than ever that Connor, at least until, you know, the wheels fall off the wagon, is going to get every chance to be the three-down guy in this offense. And this is that quote from Mike Tomlin. I'm a featured runner type guy by mentality. No question in today's game. A featured runner needs to be supplemented and supplemented by guys who are capable of doing similar things in case he misses time. Usually when it's going well, it's because you have a lead dog out front and that guy is a featured runner. James is a featured guy and proven runner when healthy. We're excited about getting him back to health and displaying that in 2020. Connor goes down. I think we see a three RB committee between Samuel Snell and McFarland. They all kind of have different skill sets that would mesh in the three back committee. Until that happens, though, I think we're going to see a James Conner show, everyone. Moving on to wide receiver. I mean, is there a franchise that's drafted better at wide receiver than the Steelers over the past like decade and a half? I don't think so. And, you know, the latest one is Chase Claypool, you know, uh, top three-round pick out of Notre Dame. I've seen some mean things on Twitter saying, calling him a tight end. I, I disagree with that notion. And don't be saying that about Devin Funches either, but that's a conversation for another day. I think Claypool is there to fight with James Washington for this number three job. And Washington really did come on strong at the end of last season. But, you know, you go back to 2018 and just a miserable, you know, sub 50% catch rate with big men, always hearing things, you know, about how they just weren't on the same page. And they're playing that same kind of field stretcher wide receiver spot. You know, the, the role we always wanted Martavis Bryant to thrive in over the years. So I think we're going to see snap split to an extent. Really would not surprise me if we see Claypool kind of take over for Washington in the second half of the season. And hey, you know, maybe Washington, he's just young. And last year was him progressing, getting better. Maybe best things are still to come for him. I just think in this offense, he is pigeonholed into that number three wide receiver role. I don't think that's going to be huge for fantasy this year. I, I think we need to just focus on Deontay Johnson and Juju uh, Smith-Schuster in that order when we consider the difference in their ADPs. I mean, I mentioned this before, but again, both AB and Juju, 160-plus targets in 2018. I mean, you know, we hope offenses like Atlanta you know, uh, can produce these two fantasy wide receiver ones. Pittsburgh has done it within the last two years, and they did it in our most you know, applicable sample size of this offense with Big Ben under center. So I know there's a case to be made. Juju was the single worst wide receiver on this team last year. But, hey, you know, he was playing through toe 
foot, knee injuries. He had the extra attention on him, but the guy also had 80 receiving yards in week one with Stephon Gilmore shadowing him every step of the way. Okay, Patriots fans, I realize some of those yards, you know, came in mop-up time a little bit towards the end. But the point is, we've seen enough from Juju at this point to just not worry about that kind of weird argument where it's like, well, can he really be the wide receiver one on his own team? Only Randy Moss and Josh Gordon gained more receiving errors before turning 23 in the Moss era over Juju. So he's legit. I'm not saying he's Antonio Brown good, but look, 160 plus targets is 160 plus targets. Getting getting in the slot where, you know, defenses again and again just want to guard slot receivers with linebackers. I think Juju gets back to putting up borderline wide receiver one production. And Deontay Johnson has that in his range of outcomes. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I love to say just pop on the film, but it's true with Deontay. Like just some of the routes he did, you know, big things happening in the return game, just electric with the ball in his hands. So I think the hype for Deontay Johnson is deserved and do not be surprised if and when Juju has a nice bounce back season. Moving on to tight end room, you know, it's talented. I just don't know if we're going to get too much consistent fantasy production out of these guys because it looks like we're going to see a kind of a two tight end committee between Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald. Ebron kind of gets a bad rap, guys. In 2018, with Andrew Luck under center, he scored 14 touchdowns in 16 games. I mean, 15 touchdowns in in, uh, 18 games if we include the playoffs. And last year, you know, he had the Kobe Brissett experience. He got hurt. Doyle stealing snaps. Still flashed a couple times. The drops are there, but as we've seen in fantasy football, guys kind of like Wolf Fuller, drops kind of tend to be overrated year by year. So the bigger issue for Ebron is how much Vance plays. But I'll tell you what right now, I mean, if week one comes and goes and we see Ebron with some like 80% snap rate and five plus targets, bye, bye, bye. Because, you know, we again, we all talk ourselves in the Darius Green once upon a time at Roethlisberger. We've been waiting for them to give him an athletic tight end. I think we just kind of gave up over the years and with Roethlisberger not really playing last year. It didn't seem like some would, that would come to fruition, but Ebron truly probably the best tight end Roethlisberger's ever had. I don't, I mean, I'm not hating on Vance McDonald either. I mean, some of those, you know, big chunk plays he's made over the years as just a pure athlete with the ball in his hands, truly special. Again, I think they're probably going to cancel each other out, but Ebron, sneaky double digit scoring potential if everything goes right in this offense. And he's virtually free in fantasy drafts right now. So I don't mind, you know, especially tight end premium leagues using a late-round pick on Ebron by any stretch. So, overall verdicts for these guys. I got Big Ben as my QB 19. It's just that kind of rushing floor and some of the issues that we do have to wonder with for a quarterback. His age, coming off injury, I mean, there's just guys I want to prioritize a little bit more. Uh, James Conner, RB 16. Again, a little bit higher than the consensus there. And this is all PPR scoring, by the way. Juju, wide receiver 13, right in that wide receiver one borderline. I don't disagree with people that even have him, you know, going up that wide receiver 10 spot. Deontay Johnson has my wide receiver 30. I, like, look, he's wide receiver 30 because we have to have these median projections. I mean, we're not just projecting everyone for like their ceiling, but the fact he does have that 160 like plus target ceiling, I have him a little bit above the consensus because you want Deontay Johnson on your fantasy football rosters in 2020. Don't be afraid to reach on him for a round just to get the guy. And Ebron, tight end 24. Again, I'm fine getting him there because I think the ceiling is much higher. But uh, it just when you think about the median projection, you know, what could happen with this offense if Roethlisberger isn't the same guy we saw in 2018, definitely an issue. But look, I'm talking about the ceilings. The ceilings on the Steelers as a whole is sky high, and that's why I love their over 9.5 wins this year. I think the AFC North has the best chance of any division in the AFC of sending two teams to the playoffs. 
And while I think the offense, again, has this nice ceiling, it's the defense, guys. I mean, this is truly, in my mind, the number one defense in the NFL entering 2020. Just look at the studs everywhere, all across the field. TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, Stephon Tuitt, Cam Hayward, Devin Bush, Vince Williams. That's just their front seven. We got Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, Mike Hill, and Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end. I mean... You know, talking to some radio show hosts and we're a little bit worried just about kind of like the strong safety position. You know, if we can find a good safety compliment to Minka, these are good problems to have when you're just worried about one out of the like 11 players on your defense. So, I mean, Edmonds is still young enough, I think, to uh, have his best football ahead of him. So, loaded defense. The AFC North is tough and, you know, I still do think the Ravens win it, but definitely see a scenario where a Steelers team that went 8-8 eight eight last year with so much going wrong can get to that 10-win mark with a little bit better injury luck in 2020. So that was the 2020 PFF Pittsburgh Steelers Fantasy Football Preview. Thank you all for listening, and until next time. 